excited about being a part of this broadcast with you again. Good to see you and thank you for your prayers and your commitment to being a part of uh, this broadcast. We always ask you to make sure that you uh, push the like button and, and subscribe and be a part of what we're doing. I've been teaching on the uh, living and overcoming life and I want to, I'm working on one aspect of living the overcoming life and that is the seven uh, spiritual laws uh, of a believer to overcome tragedy. This is a big one. This is one that you got to be able to share it with other people. The seven uh, spiritual laws of the believer to overcome tragedy. Tragedy happens in believers' lives. Unfortunately, negative things happen. But I'm believing God for his supernatural miracle working power to be seen on your behalf and that God is going to give you ears to hear. So let's just pray right now. Father, we pray for everyone that is watching this broadcast and those that will hear this broadcast. Uh, will hear this word. We pray that your miracle working power will be seen in and through their lives. That they will get an answer to their prayers. They will get some guidance, some direction, some wisdom of how to deal with tragedy uh, when it comes. And we thank you for it now. And we thank you for them being good ground and produce a manifold return in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I brought out uh, dealing with these seven laws of spiritual laws of, that a believer needs to do to overcome tragedy. Number one, uh, overcoming, uh, overcoming life is a disciplined life, one that has, makes quality choices. And when you're in uh, a tragedy situation, it, you know, different things happen. You got to really pray about and making sure that you're making good quality choices and then maintaining a good attitude uh, even when you're going through something you don't understand. So uh, I'm number one under this area, which we're just dealing with overcoming life is one of discipline and that the quality choices. Number two is dealing with the area of perspective. And that is, uh, when I say use the word perspective, man, having a vision uh, for your life, for what does God want you to do? What is he asking you to do? Uh, what is the purpose of your life? And what is uh, the direction of your life? And understand that when God gives you a vision or a purpose in your life, it is because he has something for you and the enemy is warring against you because he doesn't want you to live this overcoming victorious life in any area. So um, vision. And so when we shared last time about in Genesis, uh, second chapter, verse 14 through 17, how God spoke to Moses in the midst of a, a, a heated situation, a strifeful situation, God speaks to Moses and tells him, um, I mean, to Abraham, to Abraham, and he says, Look as far as you can to the north, the south, the east, and the west. So he says to Abraham, everything that you can see, you can have it. Wow. Everything you can see, you can have. He was giving him a vision in the midst of a terrible situation. And you might be in the midst of a terrible situation, a tragedy, a situation, but God wants you to keep looking. He wants you to keep having vision and purpose in your life. So we dealt with that. Number, number three was passion or desire. 
and that the enemy wants you to lose your passion uh, for your vision, wants you to lose your passion for living. And I think this is really why we're dealing with so many people that are committing suicides, that are having all kind of nervous breakdowns and just giving up on life. It's because in the midst of tragedy, they lose their passion, their passion for life, their passion to achieve, their passion to win, their passion to overcome, believing that things can get better. So in Jesus' name, I disagree agree with you for God's miracle working power, uh, that you would run with vision like you never ran with vision before, that you would run with passion and desire like you never ran before. And I'm praying that your desire would rise to a whole nother level uh, uh, of to be a greater achiever, to be a greater winner in life. And then um, the next one is priority. And that is order, having some order in your life. Uh, the enemy loves to be able to keep you out of order so he can keep you uh, going in circles uh, like a dog chasing his tail. So you've got to be able to have some order. Anything that's out of order uh, is not going to get blessed. And this is the problem with a lot of Christians today is that they think God's going to bless them and they live in out of order. You know, I, I, I just don't, uh, I guess I do understand it, but I, I don't understand how somebody can expect and ask God to bless them and they're doing everything contrary to what he's asking them to do. See, here's my, one of my points is God will never promote you or ask you to do something past the last order he gave you. <laughs> so a lot of people, they, they want God to bless you. And I know I'm talking to some people and you need to go and obey him or repent and repent and ask him to forgive you for not obeying the last thing he told you. So let's just talk about it just for a minute and then I get off of it. But uh, again, order is such a crucial thing because the Bible says that God is a God of order and that we need to make sure that we, we got order in our life, not being late on jobs or coming late to church, late in anything. If you give somebody your word, making sure you do what you say you're going to do, even if it hurts. But also, the order is dealing with making sure that you have your proper perspectives, that you're not letting other things crowd in on the things that are important in your life on that basis. So order is the is a, a heart of God for your life. It is the channel that God uses to bless you because you're not going to bless something that is out of order. All right? And then uh, the next one is petition. This is the one I'm going to focus on. And if I don't get it finished today, we'll pick it up uh, next week. Uh, <clears throat> but the next one is on petition. And petition is another word for what? Prayer. For prayer. God will grant me that which I pray. Now, that's a big statement, that God will grant me what I pray, what I pray. So prayer is a big thing, and God says, Jesus even told, told the, the Father told the Son, whatever they ask of me in my, your name, that it shall be done. You ask the Father in Jesus' name. So let's just look at some of these areas concerning the area of uh, prayer. I hope you get your notes out and take some scriptures down 
uh, on this area. I just wanted to go to Matthew real quickly. Matthew 7 and 7. Matthew 7 and 7. And here we go. We're getting ready to go. So stay with me right now. Matthew 7 and 7 says, ask. Look what the first word it says. We're talking about petition. We're talking about being able to overcome. What do you think that you need to do? Are these seven spiritual laws of a believer to overcome tragedy, overcoming tragedy. Matthew 7 and 7, and it says, uh, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And it says, For everyone that asks receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Look what God says, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse uh, verse 8 says, For everyone that asks, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And then verse 9 says, it says, Or what man is there among you of whom if he shall ask the son, uh, and his son shall ask of bread, will he give him a stone? He ain't not going to give him a stone if he asks for bread. Uh, uh, you, you're a father. And his verse uh, 10 says, Or if he shall ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? He says, And if he should then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto his own uh, children, how much more? I like this here. You need to underline it. How much more? Shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things unto them that what? Ask. We're talking about overcoming tragedies uh, as a believer. And, number, and then this one is dealing with the area of prayer, a petition. We need to pray. We need to ask God and believe him that he is going to do exactly what he says. And look what it says here in um, Verse 11, one more time. In verse 11, it says, uh, And if he shall, uh, and then if he then being evil, or that word evil means a natural parent, know how to give good gifts unto his children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give what? Good things to them that ask him. And I'm declaring that whatever it is that you're praying for, your children, uh, your, if it's your finances, your health, uh, whatever that area that you're believing for, if it's your business, uh, your marriage, whatever, that God is working it out. That tragedy is turning it around on your behalf and your good because you're praying. It is given to the spirit of petition. I want to show you a couple other things here. Uh, let me give one. Oh, I got so much, so much, so much. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit about, and I think I may mention a little bit about this, also the Jabez prayer uh, in First Chronicles, First Chronicles, the fourth chapter. And the Jabez was not a covenant man like you are, First Chronicles 4 and 9. And Jabez, but Jabez believed God. My, and here's my point, that if Jabez believed God, God's miracle working power to manifest on his behalf. If he believed God and God answered his prayer and here you are now in covenant with God through the blood of his son, Jesus, how much more is he going to manifest himself on your behalf in the midst of your 
tragedy because you're believing God because you believe in him. Look what it says here. I'm going to read Jabez's prayer real quickly. And it says, and Jabez was a more honorable than his brethren. Would you underline that in your Bible or make a note of it? He was more honorable. And I believe God that you are more honorable than those that are around you. And it says, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because he bare him uh, in sorrow. The name Jabez was not a good name. It just meant sorrow. Everybody saw you and said, well, there go a sorrowful person. But that ain't you. Amen. Look at verse 10. And it says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Saying, now he wasn't, a, wasn't his father like you are God, our father. Jesus is our elder brother. He is our intercessor. And here he had none of that for the, but he called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Would you underline that in your Bible? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And then he says, and enlarge my coast, enlarge my coast. And he says, and that there, that thy hand might be with me. And that your hand would be what? <coughs> with me. And that thou wouldest uh, keep me from, keep me from evil. And that it may be, uh, and that it may not grieve me. And then God would grant unto him what that which he requested. And God granted unto him what he requested. He prayed three things real quickly, or four things, that God would bless him indeed, enlarge his coast. Number three, that it, God's hand might be with him and keep him, and then God would keep him from evil. And I'm agreeing that those areas are God is working for you right now in Jesus' name, that the enemy is not prevailing against you. God's going to keep you from evil. God's hand is on your life. And that God is answering your prayer. Come on, receive that right now. Come on. In Jesus' name, receive it. Now, uh, man, this is, I'm, I'm getting happy about myself. I want to go one more scripture with you. When I say one more, one more before I make a statement. Uh, Jeremiah, look with me in Jeremiah 33. And we're talking about the power of the petition prayer. We're talking about asking God uh, in the midst of your terrible situation, in the midst of your tragedy, to ask God to deliver you, to help you, uh, to bless you, uh, to show himself in a favorable way on your behalf in the midst of your tragedy. Yeah. Look what it says here in Jeremiah 33. Make sure you underline this whole scripture also. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Jeremiah 33 and 3. And look what it says here in Jeremiah 33 and 3. And it says, call upon me. Call upon me and I will answer thee. First thing God says here, call upon me. See, that's what I'm talking about when I talked about if you want to see your deliverance in the midst of a tragedy, in the midst of a hard situation. God says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Would you please, you got to underline that. Not only am I going to 
lecture you, God says, but I'm going to, in the midst of this situation, show you great and mighty things. I don't know about you, but I just got to give him a little wave right now and say, thank you, Lord, for your answering me. And thank you, Lord God, for showing me great and mighty things in the midst of this challenging situation. And then look what it says here, which thou knowest not. I'm going to show you some things that you don't even have a clue, an idea of how big and how great and how powerful things I can show on your behalf. And then, um, so I want you to write this down, that prayer is our greatest weapon on the earth. Prayer is our greatest weapon on the earth. And this is why the enemy fights against you from being able to pray uh, and to be able to stand uh, strong in the midst of your battle. Prayer is our greatest weapon on the earth. Well, look with me real quickly to the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. Acts, the fourth chapter. And I, I want you just to be able to get a chance to read it, but I want to read uh, Acts 30 and verse 31, Acts 4:31. And I met my point is, number is that prayer is our greatest weapon on the earth. That's why the enemy fights so hard from you being able to pray because he knows that when you pray, things happen. Listen to me. God gets involved. Jesus is interceding for you. Angels get involved. All kind of things start happening. So that's why the enemy wars against you. He doesn't want you. Listen to me to pray and not only to pray, but believe that you pray. I tell the people at the church here, I wish I had one of the books here, but I got a book called The Prayers and Confession. Prayers and Confession. If you haven't got that book, you need to get that book. Prayers and Confession. There's some other great books out on prayer, but you need to learn how to pray the word and confess the word. Hear me now. Pray the word and confess the word. My book on prayers and confession is a must book. You've got to get it. I've had people come from all around the world who want to get that book on prayers and confession. So make sure you get that book. But look what it says here. My point is that prayer is our greatest weapon on the earth. Look what it says here. Now, they had been beaten. The disciples had been beaten, had been messed over, to, uh, uh, really, by the Sanhedrin council. Uh, and then they told them not to speak anymore. And then in verse 31, it says, and when they had prayed, in the midst of their tragedy, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their terrible situation, when they had what? What did they do? When they prayed. They wouldn't run around with no funky attitude. They wouldn't run around here complaining about their situation. They prayed. Mm, mm, mm. They prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Wow. The, look, see, they didn't, they could have went and just got them a pity party and pulled some other people who were sympathizers with them and they could have had a little nat, little pity party and crying about the situation. No. If you want your tragedy to turn around, you want God to do something supernatural, you got to believe him by faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He says, and you can speak and you can deal with your situation because nothing is impossible with him that believeth. So it says, look at it, it says, and the place of, and it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. They didn't back down in their situation. God shook the place. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just say this right now. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He is a gift from God to you as a believer. Not to the unsaved, but once you accept Christ in your life, there's another gift for you, the empowering presence of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two separate acts, just like me. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader. I'm a businessman. I got many functions that I can operate in. The Holy Spirit operates in many functions. He operates as a, to bring Christ into your life, but also as a baptizer to baptize you into the body of Christ with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, uh, as Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8. So you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it says, and they spoke the word with boldness. And I'm believing that you're going to be more bolder and more courageous than ever before. Another point here, another point on prayer, and that prayer is God's, uh, prayer is a good work uh, and not wasted time. Prayer is a good work and not wasted time. There is no time in God's presence that is wasteful. There is no time in God's presence that is wasteful. Prayer is a good work. And it is not wasted time. I don't know, sometimes people start thinking that it, if, I, if I pray that I'm, I'm wasting time, uh, you know, I, 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 it's not as meaningful. Yeah, but I'm telling you, that when you pray, God manifests himself on your behalf. Look with me in your Bible to the book of Revelations, if you real quick. Revelation, probably going to be my last scripture for this segment. Uh, Revelations. The eighth chapter. Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Re Revelation, the eighth chapter. And look what it says in verse one. Revelation 8 and 1. It says, When he had opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. And it says, What happened was the presence of God through their that prayers that it went forth. God manifested himself in a big way. That time that of their prayers, heaven just stood still, paying attention to what was going on. It was silence. Listen to me, when you pray, angels are paying attention. The Father, the Holy Spirit, everybody is paying attention to your prayers. And so it is not wasted time. It is time that God wants to use to manifest himself in a huge way on your behalf. So I'm going to uh, throw out this one little point right here, and that prayer is the living word in your mouth, spoken in faith. And I want to pick up on that on the next time, that prayer is the living word of God, spoken out of your mouth in faith. And that's why the enemy wars against you, because he knows that when you pray, and you're praying the spoken word of God in faith that heaven is moving in your direction. So let me agree with you right now. And Father, I disagree with, with all of those that are watching this, that heaven is moving in their direction because of their prayers, their petition, 
I thank you, Lord God. You said, ask and it shall be given to them. Seek and it shall find it. Knock and it shall be open unto them. Father, thank you that it is your good will, your good pleasure to manifest yourself in a supernatural way on their behalf. You did it for Jabez, and we thank you for doing it for them now. As they prayed in the midst of their tragedy, in the midst of being beaten, you shook the whole place. And I ask you, Father, now to shake everything in their life that is out of order, bring it into order. And Father, thank you for manifesting yourself in a miraculous and miracle way on their behalf to bring healing, deliverance, to manifest your goodness and your glory on their behalf in the midst of their tragedy, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And listen to me, if you have not accepted Christ in your life, open a door to your heart. Say this with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I open a door to my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Take the throne of my life and use me as your instrument all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. You pray that prayer. Christ is now has come into your life. Angels are rejoicing. We have a book we want to give you, a couple of books. We've got an e-book or you can get a paperback book. We want to bless you so that you can be able to have more of a foundation in your life. And plus, we'd love to be prayer partners with you. And we'd love for you to subscribe and be a part of our team. Okay? Now, if you ever had a chance to give, then please make sure that you get a you get to take an opportunity to be able to give today. 916-970-970-7900 is our text to give number. Should be right there on the screen. Listen to me. When you give, things happen. God doesn't stand still when you give. When you're sowing into good ground and through your giving, you're helping to play a blessing to a lot of other people. Thank you. Thank you for your prayerful support through your generous giving for this ministry. And again, we'd love for you to be a part of our team. Subscribe, share this with other people as we go through this series on these seven spiritual laws or truths of how to overcome in the midst of a tragedy. Powerful. We need it. You need to share with others. Love you. See you next time. Remember this, that the word works when you work the word.